Welcome to the Conversations with Commerce Next podcast. I'm your host, Michael LeBlanc. And this podcast is brought to you in conjunction with Commerce Next and presented by Comex. Recorded live in person at the 2022 Commerce Next e-commerce growth show, we sat down with some of the top trailblazers and change makers that joined our community in New York City to discuss the future of digital commerce and share the latest strategies for e-commerce acceleration. On this episode, Navar founder and CEO Amit Sharma joins me talking about the post-purchase point of arrival for customer experience and his pixel-to-parcel solution. I mean, welcome to the Conversations with Commerce Next podcast here in the Comex studio. How are you? Good. Thank you, Michael. Thanks again for having me. Well, it's nice to see you in person. Now, you and I have had the opportunity to chat together on another podcast, and we met on a wonderful evening hosted by uh, Comics and a Patio. So it's great to see you here in person and, and nice to uh, have the opportunity to chat with you. Likewise, it's always so important to connect uh, on a on a personal level as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, as yeah. for the last few years, we all have been in the um, Zoom land or, or, or the <laughs> distributed network. Yes, a little, a little bit less of that. And I have yeah. to tell you, after our last podcast, I had a retailer in Canada uh, who listens to the podcast walk up and go, oh my God, you interviewed a company we do work with. It was great to hear your voice. So, you know, it's a small world and you, you have a presence and clients in Canada as well as the U.S., right? Absolutely. We, we love our customers in Canada and in the U.S. and worldwide. Right. So it's always good to get that input and, and uh, conversations through your podcast and reach out to more of our customer base. Let's take a step back. We've kind of got ahead of ourselves already, but tell me... Uh, about yourself, who you are, and uh, what you do for a living. Then we'll talk about uh, your organization and what they do in Scope and Scale. Who are you and, and what do you do for a living? Well, sure. So my name is Amit Sharma. I'm the founder and CEO at Narwar. I started the company roughly 10 years ago. We work with brands and retailers to really bring repeatable customers profitably. So that, it, it's as simple as that, right? right. It's simple as or that. Or as complex as that. So, so unpack that a little bit for me. So what parts of the value chain do you play in? And you've got a super interesting background because you have some very big brands, uh, Apple, uh, Walmart. And coming out of those organizations, you, you, your epiphany, so to speak, was they have unlimited resources, basically, yet they still have problems that they're not solving and that you thought you could solve with your approach. So talk about that a bit. No, absolutely. So to your earlier question, so what do we really do? What we see um, in the industry, retailers continue to focus on acquiring new customers or, or generating demand um, for uh, what I have seen and observed that the after the purchase or after the order placement, uh, the post-purchase journey mm. is either under-invested or often ignored. Mm. And this is where consumers are really looking for information. Where is my order? When can I get it? Proactive updates. And then post-delivery. Like, if mm. I have some issues or challenges, how do I do return? Or how can I exchange my item? So that whole journey uh, after the purchase is where Narvar provide tools and solutions for retailers to really engage with their customers. And so you're, uh, you're operating around the world, so you have clients, lots, obviously clients in the U.S., uh, we're talking in the U.S. Where are you based? Uh, yeah, I'm based in Austin. You're based in Austin. Now, yeah. is, is uh, your team based in Austin? Are you virtual? Talk about how you're structured a little bit. So team, from early on, um, as we support and partner with global brands and retailers, mm. so the team has been distributed from early on. 
but we had uh, a concentration and, and uh, density in San Francisco mm. uh, prior to pandemic. You know, we still have a, a strong base there, but team is around 450 people. They are wow, largely people. largely distributed. Uh, we have a small contingent in Japan. Uh, mm. We have people in Europe, uh, in India, uh, and then North America, including Canada uh, and, huh. and the USA. And and why are you in Austin? Is it is it where there's a there's always a group of talent in in certain clusters in cities in America, right? In Canada's around the world, and Austin's always been a cluster for innovation and and technology, right? That, that's right. I mean, you have uh, tech there, but sometimes time zone also uh, plays in your favor when you're in Central Time and you're serving mm. your. East Coast customers, or you're interacting with your employees in Europe. That right. couple of hours definitely makes a difference. Yeah, makes a difference it, right? Absolutely. Plus, you get access to a little bit of Texas barbecue, <laughs> which has got to be a bit of an yes. advantage too. Yes. Now, your personal journey—you came from India to America, and then you went back to India and back yes. to Canada. So you had an interesting journey yourself. Did you? Were you always in tech? Were you always? And uh, like, what, what's your orientation? More engineering, more tech? Like, how did you? You know, in your journey, what were you looking for as you as you sought to build a career and and eventually go out on your own? Yeah, I mean, I did my undergrad in uh, engineering, so that was the education. But in terms of my professional work, I spent predominantly early part of my career in uh, tech and data. So engineering and data, more database programming, hmm. and understanding the data and telling a story uh, is where I spent my early part of my career. What I got fascinated, like how do you apply it, and how do you solve some meaningful business problems hmm. using uh, data and technology, which attracted my uh, my interest and passion uh, on the back end of infrastructure, and which is where, as you mentioned, Michael, hmm. I my first uh, job in retail was with uh, William Sonoma and Pottery Barn as a supply chain analyst, hmm. where you can. Not only Big catalogger, right? Lots of direct, like an OG in terms of direct business, right? Like they what are, year? What years were those? That was. There's a 2003 and four, mm-hmm. um, and I mean they are one of the largest uh, catalogers in the country. Yeah, um, and I like are, hundreds of thousands of catalogs. Yep. Right? No, <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, if not more. You know, if I remember correctly, and I don't quote me on that, but mm-hmm. I think they, they they print hundreds of millions of catalog in a oh, year wow. across all their brands, right? So it's West, so different because in in um, in Canada, we're not a catalog culture at all. Like, if you get an unsolicited catalog on your doorstep in Canada, you're sending out a press release. Like, it's, wow. it, it is so different. And, and William Sonoma came to Canada. You want to talk about yeah. William Sonoma, but there is that difference. And it also, and because I know you operate in Canada, yeah. it also created a difference in e-commerce because obviously from a consumer perspective, but also from a, a, a resources and people training and vendors, we didn't have that catalog infrastructure. We had right. one. Sears, which owned like 80% of the market in the country, they went away. And, you know, there's a few Lee Valley tools, there's some other catalogs, but nothing of the scope and scale right. of, uh, of what happens here. It's interesting, eh? It's different. It is different. And then uh, not just Willem Sonoma, there are other retailers. Mm. Oftentimes you are seeing even digitally native companies now printing catalogs. Mm. So the infrastructure uh, on, on the mail side of it is quite sophisticated and they can geo-target do selects uh, and yeah, yeah they can get very targeted right, Ab- right absolutely so yeah I mean so there are different ways of applying uh, data uh, and, and technologies and um, getting into retail looking at supply chain looking at logistics was my first foray into retail mm. um, and uh, from there onwards as you mentioned spent 
some time with uh, Walmart and Apple looking at you know not just from the cost and and how do we make it cheaper or faster uh, but at the same time keeping the consumer experience and customer expectation in mind mm. and that's where the role of supply chain and logistics in an organization has changed dramatically uh, over the years and over the last decade or so. And the transparency into it, right? I mean, I guess it's kind of been this... uh, this battle between how much transparency customers want, which is a lot, right. and how much you're able to deliver, right. which, you know, could be some bit of a box you'd never know once it was handed off to a backdoor of a carrier where this thing was. But you've got a bunch of intersection points in that to, to illuminate yeah. that journey, right? No, absolutely. The way at Narva we think about that as a layered cake, right? Mm. So the baseline of the first baseline is, um, you know, movements of goods, physical packages, either final mile or reverse mile, it's coming back on return. So that's something is mm. important. Okay. Then the second layer on top of it, how do you really think about a movement or flow of information, which is what you're talking about, transparency and visibility, mm-hmm. how quickly I can figure out whether package is on time, early or late, and, and how it is important for consumers not only they want to know that information, but how quickly um, they would take and get that update, either via email or proactive notifications via mm-hmm. um, WhatsApp or via message. So that's SMS, the second layer. SMS or whatever, whatever one they want to consume it. In, right. right. So that's the second layer. If you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure and hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss another great episode. We'll be right back with this special 2022 Commerce Next e-commerce growth show bonus episode right after this message. After two years of unprecedented growth, some think e-commerce has hit its peak. So what comes next? As businesses look to enter the next era of e-commerce growth, Comic serves as a guide to get them there. Led by best-in-class technology providers across the commerce ecosystem, including Bloomreach, Miracle, Cinch, ShipBob, and Avalara, Comex offers exclusive research, benchmarking, data, and more, empowering businesses to deliver a commerce experience that drives measurable revenue growth. Learn more at commerceexperience.com. That's commerceexperience.com. And the third and the the top layer, the way we see it, is the experience layer. Hmm. Right? So it's not just the physical package information, but how do you actually present that information? Hmm. And it is bringing all that, what I call, from pixel to package. Yeah, pixel to package. I like that. That that whole piece is really important because Hmm. consumers want that convenience. And there are moments... Uh, even if I'm shopping online, I would like to get uh, get my goods delivered to my doorstep. But there are ways where, uh, and times where I would like to pick it up on my way and it couldn't be delivered in a third-party location, sure, whether sure. UPS or FedEx. So, you know, how do we give you that choice and convenience and the experience? Mm. And same thing on returns. Like if you, I think returns is huge. I, yeah. think, I think there's, you know, there's been a lot of work on outbound packaging, but returns, you know, listen, returns are a reality of, of all business, but particularly e-commerce, and and there's so much work to be done in terms of handling returns properly, and you know the shopping malls are getting involved, these collaborators right. are getting involved. There's a lot to do there, right? No, absolutely, and and with returns, um, you know, if you do it right, not only you can have a much better, pleasant customer experience, but they do come back. Uh, you can see- actually enhance the experience. Has yeah. been my understanding and learning and experience, right? Yeah. If you a return handled poorly is a disaster. Yeah, exactly. And that's handled well is actually brand enhancing, which is kind of counter, a little bit counterintuitive, right? Right. No, it, no, initially. I think we see that 
consistently when we do our first party uh, research mm. consumers will say that um, when they are in the uh, purchasing process often times they will go and read your returns policy first <laughs> then only they will transact right. if they are a first time customer yeah, because yeah. they want to make sure they have that assurance mm. that your return policy is easy to understand and easy to follow and if if you don't have returns policy that is clear and uh, succinct customer won't may not even shop with you for the first time so yeah. we see that and the second part to that is that okay once you have a clear consistent returns experience how do you run that operationally effectively mm. that you know there are significant cost factors uh, in returns uh, and reverse logistics and if you do it right it can definitely drive profitability uh, in your business or if you do it wrong you're going to blow your brains out because you can lose all the profitability in the business if you don't handle returns absolutely anyway we're diving deep, we're diving yeah. deep on returns because i love talking about returns yeah um let's talk about advice so uh, i have you here so i'm going to tap into your wisdom yeah. and i'm going to say it in two starts and one stop so i've right. been doing that while i'm here so two things you talk to retailers around the world. Your people talk to retailers. Two things you should advise they start doing and one thing that maybe they should do less of yeah. that's not working anymore. What, what do you think? I think uh, in terms of starts, um, really thinking about you know, end-to-end customer experience. Mm. It's not just um, driving top-line sales, which is important, but you know, sure. really thinking about uh, customer lifetime value. Mm. Uh, and then how do you act on it? I think a lot of time that gets discussed, customer experience, but not end-to-end is mapped uh, in, 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 uh, in customers' um, roadmap or initiatives. So right. that's one thing. Okay. Um, we talked about uh, post-delivery world, mm. you know, mm-hmm. returns, and we, uh, that is really important because it's not just returns. If you do it right, you can also offer exchanges online, especially if you're a digital native brand. Mm. You know, you may have... Uh, high returns rate, but you can use that opportunity to really re-engage customer and drive exchanges hmm. um, or hmm. you know different other campaigns that if you may not like the first item, but you can come back and buy some of the other products. So I think so there is we see significant opportunity even if it is a return. How do you convert and re-engage your customer? Okay, um, now now the hard question. Yes, I think doing less of. I mean, what we see. You know, a lot of customer communication are not coordinated. What I mean by that is that, you know, in my own personal experience, even today, you know, if I'm a first-time buyer at a brand and I'm new to the retailer, um, oftentimes, you know, even after my first purchase, I haven't even received my product yet, but I may get five, seven, eight more promotional I emails. I get right? that too. I get that. How did you like your product? Well, yeah, I haven't, got, I haven't, I haven't actually received it. Yet. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, I would rather mm-hmm. hear from a brand and say, sorry, Amit, your order is late by a day. I'm going to give you a 5% discount versus today, they're willing to give me 10% discount without, without even acknowledging what happened to my previous order, whether it's early, on time or late. Mm-hmm. So how do you be a little bit more thoughtful mm-hmm. uh, in customer communication post-purchase is important. So that's where I think doing less of lot of marketing email once mm. the order is placed yeah. uh, but more of keeping customer up to date on their 
first purchase is, I think, is, is, is really critical from the consumer perspective. And Navar can go in and help you with that, is basically what your value proposition is to, to the folks listening, and, and that's how you're building your business, right? Yeah, I mean, our value proposition is that how can you really engage with your customer post-purchase, you know, whether, and especially in today's world, when we talked about returns, but there's also a lot of constraint in labor and workforce. Sure. There's limited uh, workforce available in your warehouses, you know, even uh, the logistics and the carrier companies uh, are struggling in terms of delivery. So oftentimes there will be delays in your fulfillment network or shipping network. That means um, consumers are anxious. If customer is anxious, how do you really mention that, hey, we got your order. It may be uh, trending late by a day or, hey, we have shipped it. And it is coming on your way. So, or, or even, you know, I'm having this experience right now, literally as we speak. So I've got an order coming in from Europe yeah. and uh, coming in from one of the big carriers. And they keep going to my house. And I never hear them for some yeah. reason. And I just want to go in and say, just leave it at the doorstep. Right. But I think it's a signature required thing. Right. But I want to change that. I can't change that. Right. So they just keep... <laughs> That's right. Four times I've been to my house before. I'm like, okay, just leave it somewhere else. Right. But I can't intercede in there. Yeah. And I don't think the brand even has visibility to that That's at right. this point. Right. They're like, they don't know this is happening. As far as they know, I've probably got this bag already like last week and I'm already happy with it. Right. So there's a lot of, there's, there's work to be done. Right. Yep. Friction to be removed and all those things. Right? I mean, you bring a good point. So within the Narvar platform, uh, we have the capability to capture real time hmm. delivery instructions uh, from consumers. So in your case, Michael, you can, you know, as we help brands, you can leave your delivery instruction that will be passed real time to the carrier so that they know what what is that unique use case for you yeah. and leaving that package because safe, you know your neighborhood. Yeah, and, and, exactly. and it's just waste of resources for attempts. It's a cost to the carrier, cost to the retailer, and customer, in this case, you are not even happy with it. Yeah, like, right. I want my bag. I wanted right. it before I got here. But anyway, right. uh, well, listen, where can people go to learn more? Are you a LinkedIn person or learn more about Navar? Tell me about Both. that. Both. Uh, happy to connect with people and your audience via LinkedIn, but also reach out through our website, narvar.com, N-A-R-B-A-R.com. Mm-hmm. Happy to engage and continue conversation. Well, fantastic. Once again, so great to see you and meet you in person. It was a real treat for me. And, and thanks for joining me on the Conversations with Commerce Next podcast. Likewise, really enjoyed our conversation and look forward to continue our conversation for the next time. Safe travels back to Austin. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Conversations with Commerce Next. Please follow us on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcast platform, where we will be sharing career advice and marketing strategies from e-commerce and digital marketing leaders at retailers and direct-to-consumer brands each and every episode. Commerce Next is a community, event series, and conference for marketers at retail and direct-to-consumer brands. Through our online forums, interviews, webinars, summits, and other in-person events, we harness the collective wisdom of our community to help marketers grow their businesses and advance their careers. Join Commerce Next events to meet other industry leaders and learn the latest e-commerce and marketing strategies. You can find upcoming events at commercenext.com. Have a fantastic week, everyone.